You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, how's it going? It's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. It is great to be seeing you, even though the Cincinnati Bengals are 0-7. I know, it's tough, but we come here to commiserate after each and every win, lose, draw, all that good stuff. Um, But uh, unfortunately, Cincinnati is just uh, not, not playing up to snuff this year and they keep getting in their own way in in terms of trying to solidify a win and start things off right under the Zach Taylor era uh quite frankly we've got a lot to talk about I'll be taking uh I'm simulcast uh, simul- simultaneously streaming between our Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel as well as the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. So I'll be trying to get to some of the questions, comments, all that stuff. I'll be here for a little bit, but there are a number of things to talk about in this game, uh, in, in this contest. You know, Cincinnati looked like they had this game kind of wrapped up. The defense was playing its best, basically its best game of the year. They were kind of containing things. Yeah, they were letting up some rushing yards, but they were not letting up points. They had a fourth and goal stand from the one-yard line to open the game. Jacksonville, let's talk about the defense. Jacksonville had four red zone trips in the first in the first half uh, and really only came away with nine points. So the defense, even though it's missing its two starting cornerbacks, there are some deficiencies at linebacker. We've talked about that. They, they are keeping this, this team into games. And – it's that's really kind of an astonishing statistic in terms of the nine points given up in those four red zone trips because Cincinnati's offense had, I believe it was seven punts in the first half and four of them being consecutive. So, and of those four consecutive punts, three of them were three and outs. So the defense is being put back on the field, put back on the field, put back on the field, and they're not letting up points. I, you know, Geno Atkins finally had one of his breakout games. He had one sack coming into the game. He had two today. Uh, you know, there Sam Hubbard played decent. Uh, there were he had a penalty late in the game. There were some maybe some missed, you know, off the edge, maybe some uh, broken contains that sort of thing. But I mean, he hit the quarterback twice, caused two incompletions. He had, I, I believe, four tackles. That defensive line was active. Darquez Denard looked pretty good, all things considered. Um, you know, the team did some, did enough on defense to win the game, especially when you consider the offense turned the ball over four times and 
that they were so inefficient at the, at the beginning of the game, as I mentioned with the punts, the three and outs and all that stuff, you kind of have to give the defense a little bit of kudos. Now where the defense faltered much like the rest of the team and kind of a microcosm of the entire Bengals game this week and the season, they are not getting the big plays when they are there to be had. DW Webb had two interceptions right in his hands. Now, I know he's got kind of a, cla- a cast club thing on one of his hands. He had two interceptions right in his hands, really, that both, at least one could have been a pick six, maybe even both. So they're just not taking advantage of the opportunities when they're there to get a win, to take control of a game, and that's those two plays in general are kind of – two things that you can point out specifically and really indict the defense based on some of the things that we saw today. Um, You know, I I still think despite the rushing yards given up and there, you know, Leonard Fournette had had a 100 yard rushing day. Gardner Minshew kind of made some plays today. Um, wasn't, I wouldn't say wasn't outstanding, but was what you expected. Scrappy moved around in the pocket, threw the ball away a bit, scrambled a bit, made a couple of decent plays, but wasn't overly dominant. Wasn't really the quarterback that you felt that, you know, elevated the Jaguars to a, to a game that to, to a level that they were automatically going to win the game. He just was kind of there and he played his brand of backyard style of football and, and it paid off for him, but the defense did enough for this for this team to win, even with B.W. Webb's dropped interceptions. And they were big. They loomed large. Cincinnati had – the offense continues to kind of bear the brunt of the issues this year, and they should. Andy Dalton threw three interceptions back-to-back-to-back to back to back in the fourth quarter, one of which was in the red zone. Another was returned for a touchdown. We'll we'll talk more about that in a second. Tyler Boyd had probably one of his worst games of his career. On on 14 targets, he grabbed five catches. Some of that is on Andy Dalton. Some of that were on two or three drops by Tyler Boyd. And then on one of the plays, much like, again, that, that is so symbolic of a struggling team, Tyler Boyd breaking tackles, you know, making something out of nothing, refusing to go down to the ground. What happens? The ball's kind of floating out around out there. DJ Hayden knocks it out of his hands. It's a lost fumble. More points off the board for the Bengals there. So this team just can't get out of its own way. And and these are indications of a struggling team. This is an indication of a coaching staff that is finding its way and, or potentially is in over its head. This is indicative of a quarterback that isn't responding to the pressure, the heat, the expectations that are put on him this year because of a new coach. He's still the guy. They didn't draft a guy. He's under the spotlight. Andy Dalton's not rising to the occasion. And of course, the team is to blame as well because they have not lived up to their end of the bargain with surrounding him with talent, making sure these guys are healthy, giving him an, a good offensive line to in front of him, 
as they said that they would do. They promised that they would build around him. They have not done so. The running game as well. I don't want to keep focusing on Dalton. He played poorly. He had some some throws late that were poor. Yes, and they cost the, they cost the team absolutely. The running game absolutely atrocious, absolutely atrocious, embarrassing. When you have two second round picks, I, I mean, I, Joe Mixon ten carries, two yards. What? Giovanni Bernard four carries, zero yards. What? I, I mean, I don't care who it is you have under center. When your two starting running backs have 14 carries and, and two very talented running backs, one guy who should have made the Pro Bowl last year because he led the AFC in rushing yards, and Joe Mixon, another very versatile guy, a guy who's been productive in the league over his many years in the league, and Giovanni Bernard, 14 carries for two yards. You can't win football games like that. I don't care. I don't care if fluke bounces come your way. You can't you can't have your two-star running backs run the ball 14 times for two total yards and win games. You just can't. That is embarrassing. And the offensive line continues to be an just an Achilles heel for this team. You look now, the Bengals, uh, of course, have Bobby Hart, the anchor over at right tackle, right? They have him over at right tackle. They've plugged in Alex Redmond because John Miller, their, one of their prized free agency acquisitions, is hurt. Alex Redmond is now in at starting right guard. Those two led up two sacks, had, I believe, two or three penalties between them both, and then, of course, the rushing yards between the two running backs I mentioned earlier. Alex Erickson, two jet sweeps, minus two yards. The, the best running back option the Bengals have on the team right now is Andy Dalton. Four carries, 33 yards. And one of those, he had to run with one shoe because a guy grabbed him about midway through the run and, and tore his shoe off. I said this for those of you who follow me on Twitter at, at CJ Anthony CUI. Guys, th- th- this is a team that really one of its the best things it does is punt coverage. And, and kickoff return coverage. These are these are things that you saw that this is a type of team that maybe very well maybe worse than Coslet teams, than Dave Shula teams. When Tremaine Mack went to the Pro Bowl as a kickoff return man, and uh, you know they'd have the one-off Pro Bowl guys. This team does not do many things very well. And when one unit plays well, like the defense, for the most part played well. They dropped interceptions today. They let up rushing yards, but in terms of the grand scheme of things and the points based on the offensive inefficiency, they did enough to keep the the Bengals in the game and win the game. The offense doesn't play well. And there's just mistakes upon mistakes. And, And it's not just the players, it's coaching. And you can see the frustration on players faces on the field and body language is a big indicator as to not only how things are going, but it's also an indicator as to how things are going in the locker room, the mindset of a lot of veterans. Unfortunately, it just seems like the time has come for Andy Dalton to not be the quarterback for this team anymore. It it, it really does pain me to say it because he's a good, he's a good man. He's done a lot of good things for the Cincinnati Bengals, but 
he he now because of the offensive line issues, because of missing AJ Green, John Ross, and a, a number of other players on offense, he's not stepping into throws properly. He's staring down receivers that cause the red zone intercept interceptions that we saw. It, it's just a snowball effect, and it's these it, it's it's 1990s Bengals all over again. It really, really is, and it's really sad to see that some of these players who have paved very solid careers, if not Hall of Fame careers in the form of Geno Atkins, A.J. Green, and and Andy Dalton, not Hall of Fame, mind you, but a solid career as an NFL quarterback, it's it's ending this way. And really, you, you have the front office to blame. Um, you can blame the quarterback himself, but, it, it, you know, there's a lot of blame to be thrown around this entire roster, and it starts at the top, and it trickles all the way down. By the way, I see in the live YouTube chat, Vincent Lewis, Marvin wasn't that bad of a, of a coach. You know what? Uh, I, I still maintain that this it was time for the Bengals and Marvin Lewis. It was beyond time for the Bengals and Marvin Lewis to part ways. It really was. I mean, I, the Bengals were on a three-season three losing streak. The way they lost that 2015 wildcard game was just inexcusable, but... You look at now, Marvin Lewis has teamed up with Herm Edwards down in ASU. They have teamed up to really turn around that program. Okay? You look at now what the Bengals are doing. I, someone asked me this this weekend about Marvin Lewis. You know, what, what's going on with this team? Why, you know, I, I thought Marvin Lewis was the problem. Marvin Lewis was a symptom of the problem. And probably, as I began thinking about it, probably what had happened in these last three, the, his last three seasons, 16, 17, 18, when the, the free agency attrition hit after that wild card loss, the Bengals not doing well in the draft, it started to get to him. It started to get to Marvin Lewis, the culture, the front office woes, the lack of a scouting department, and that it's a trickle-down effect, guys. It's a trickle-down effect from the front office, from management, down to the coaching staff, down to the players. If you do not set up your coaching staff to be successful based on scouting staff, investing resources in free agency, doing things the right way, doing everything you can to be a top-notch franchise. If you are not doing those things, your management's not going to succeed. Your coaches aren't going to succeed. Your players aren't going to succeed. It's very simple. And you can, you can, Football is a different business in general, but you can take business models and apply that same principle. If you if things are poisonous at the top or things are not being well run at the top, it's going to trickle down to every level of the organization and you're not going to be a successful organization. That that's that. I mean that it's going to and no matter how many coaches Mike Brown wants to cycle through whether it's Marvin Lewis, whether it's this new kid, Zach Taylor, whether it was David Shula, whether it was Bruce Coslett, whoever, no matter how many of them he wants to cycle through, no matter how many quarterbacks he wants to cycle through, it's never going to be, if things continue the way they are and, and operations are run the same way that they have been run under Mike Brown for years, things aren't going to change. You can bring in a Joe Burrow, a Justin Herbert, whoever. You can bring those guys in. You can 
fire Zach Taylor after another year. If you don't change the scouting process, if you don't change the free agency process, if you don't change your mindset as a franchise and choose to be a preeminent franchise in the NFL and make actionable items as a franchise and execute those items, if you don't do that, people aren't going to want to play for you. And if they if they're forced to play for you, they may not give all all kinds of effort. Think about if you've ever worked somewhere where you were underappreciated, the management's incompetent, accountability's not there. Think about it. Think about poisonous work cultures. That's 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 what the Cincinnati Bengals are, unfortunately. And I hate to say that because I've met members of I've met the owner, and he is a nice man. He is an affable man. I think he loves football. I think he wants to win. I think all of that's there. I, I don't. I don't think any of that's there, and I don't want to disparage character. But I mean, the results speak for themselves. And here we are now, zero and seven, and things just—it's it, the—it's we're on a broken record. We're stuck on repeat, and uh, I, I don't. Unless major steps are to be taken to move away from what the Bengals have been doing and how they've been operating, we're going to be stuck on this carousel here. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate you sticking through my rants, my vents. I think I'm just voicing a lot of things I'm seeing, quite honestly, in the live YouTube chat for the Orange and Black Insider podcast uh, for our channel, as well as the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. Um, you know, there's there's just a lot a lot of emotion uh, here and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of hit the reset button, all that good stuff. Um, I don't know if you're new to our podcast, you can get it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google play. You can get it on uh, megaphone. You can get it on the uh, cincyjungle.com as well as, as I, th I think I mentioned our YouTube channel. So check it out how you can. Um, all of our stuff, as I mentioned, is on cincyjungle.com. Keep it to that website for news, opinions, analysis, breakdowns, all that good stuff. So appreciate you joining us as the Bengals fall to 0-7 from a 27-17 loss to the Jaguars. Uh, Sam Turner says the press conferences are definitely redundant. Yeah, I mean, and I, I they're, they're redundant. Zach Taylor's comments are redundant, hard to um, – Hard to find differences between week to week. Uh, Jason Sears, Tyler Boyd couldn't catch a cold. Yeah, Tyler Boyd was not was not playing well today. I don't know where his headspace was today. He was not playing well. He had numerous drops, as I mentioned. He had a lost fumble. Um, you know, just not just not there in terms of headspace. Uh, you know, when it, when a team is zero seven, like the Bengals. And when you see that, when you watch these games and you see the way they lose, it really is a, it really kind of paints a picture as to how football is a relational game and how football, in, ter in terms of the, as the different aspects of the game, special teams affecting offense, offense affecting defense, and vice versa, all, all the way around. When this team's off, you know, Cincinnati's defense kind of bent a little bit on that first drive. And what, what did they do? They held strong. 
They did not let up any points on a goal-to-go situation from the one-yard line. You would think that would give momentum. Now, granted, Cincinnati's offense starts from its one-yard line. Hard to kind of say, hey, go get a touchdown now. Drive 99 yards to get a touchdown. But you would think maybe move the ball, maybe get some points, even if it's a field goal, that sort of thing. Take advantage of that momentum. They didn't. And as I mentioned, punt, 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 punt. Three three and outs in the first half. I mean, you can't – when there's just such, you know, a dichotomy of production from the various units of, of the team, you can't get a semblance of success. And you can't – you can't build on anything. And Cincinnati is failing to do that. They're, they're not – you know, like I mentioned – one aspect of the team is playing really, really well. They step up and they give you an opportunity either for a big play or to take advantage and get some points or what have you. And you don't take advantage. And and that's just a sign of a bad team. And you can point again, you can point to the very top. You can point to wrong coaching hires. You can point to the quarterback. You can point to a number of different areas. It's obviously a trickle down effect, but you can't expect this team to win games. You can't expect them to do well when there's just no uh you know give and take between the various aspects of the team sean mcbrayer says will will finley uh will finley play this year i don't know i thought today was after dalton threw three interceptions and there's a couple minutes left in the game i thought put him out there why not put him out there just see what happens um I don't know really what you had to lose at that point. I mean, I don't know where I don't know if you're worried about Andy Dalton's confidence level. He's an entrenched starter. He's played for a long time with the Bengals. The game, even if Finley going into the game was anything indicating, even if it wasn't anything indicating that he's taking Andy Dalton's starting job. I mean, I I don't know why you wouldn't do that. So, and they didn't they didn't put him in. So I don't know if that's some sort of indication that, you know, he's just not going to play until absolutely necessary. And by absolutely necessary, it apparently means that when Andy Dalton is down with an injury, because the Bengals have been down by numerous possessions, numerous possessions late. Andy Dalton hasn't played well. They're still not putting Ryan Finley in. So um, I, you know, I wish I could say, yeah, he's going in or no, definitively not. I mean, I really don't know. There have been seemingly prime situations where you would think Ryan Finley would go into the lineup and he has not been placed into the lineup. So I'm inclined to say no, but I have, I have no idea. Uh, Kevin R. Reynolds, does that Easton kid look NFL worthy? He is definitely NFL worthy. Uh, There are definite, there are people who are in different camps. There are a lot of people who like Joe Burrow of LSU. He's kind of the flavor of the week, flavor of the month, whatever you want to call it. Um, there are people who like Tua Tagovailoa. There are people who like Justin Herbert. There are people who like uh, Nick Eason. Now, those four are the four, the big four, coming out in this year's gra- draft. And if the Bengals are going to look for a quarterback, at least this next year, with high picks, whether it's in the first round or the second round, they seem to have a lot of different options. Even Jake Fromm, the Georgia kid, can be in there as the top five guys. So, um, you know, they have their pick. Uh, they could do something where they do uh, what, what they did in 2011, where they go maybe like receiver 
an offense or offensive line with that first pick, and then they go quarterback at the top of the second, or they could do what they did in 2003 and go quarterback immediately and then go offensive line or something like that uh, with the top of the second round pick. I think most people would prefer the latter type of preference rather than the former, but um, everybody has their own kind of preference. Uh, I understand the the love fest for Jake Burrow. He has looked very, very good. I'm a little hesitant to jump right on in that bandwagon because he is kind of that one-year wonder and he's had kind of a weird college path, but um, he has looked very, very good on tape this year, so I understand that. Eason's got an absolute cannon. He's been a little bit more erratic than the other guys, um, so I think that's where the hesitancy is there. Uh, personally, if you're asking me, I like Justin Herbert, just the tools that are there, size and everything. I, I think he's kind of got it all. He's kind of been a little bit um, a, a little bit erratic, but he's definitely shown improvement from last year. When he was considered to be a top five pick last year, he's shown improvement in terms of accuracy. He's kind of been, at least before this last game, he was in the 70s in terms of accuracy. I think he only had one interception and, you know, he had played pretty well. Uh, so that, you know, I like him. A lot of people like Tua because he's a winner. He's put up big stats. Um, to me, I, I like Tua a lot too, but he, uh, you know, he's got a, a surrounding cast that is, you know, an all college team and all, uh, all American team around him. So that may make him, look a little better than maybe he is, but that's just kind of, I don't know, you know, that that's uh, subjective there and, and everybody has their thoughts, but that's kind of, that's early. We're here in mid October. There's still over half of a season to be played. Uh, you know, the fact remains guys and, and whether it's Dalton next year or another quarterback of these seven games that the Bengals have lost three of them have been out of reach by in terms of score but really this if you consider this one out of reach this was a game the Bengals led in for a while the other two blowouts they never you know it, it was kind of out of reach early but I mean five of these games could have gone either way and you know you can pin that on health you can pin that on the inexperience of coaches probably both I don't know. I, I just, uh, you know, I, I think that this is a, a team that needs to do well in the draft next year. They need to um, get immediate impact players, and maybe one of those is at quarterback. I, I mean, I think from what I saw today, you know, Dalton looks rattled. And uh, I, I don't know now, based on the past few years and the erosion of the offensive line in front of him, the slow erosion of the offensive line, and it being really sudden this year. Um, I don't know that, you know, you throw out a Jonah Williams in 2020, maybe some draft picks and, and you plug in some of these guys you still like that are veterans. I don't know that that's really going to fix Dalton mentally upstairs. Um, I, I think he's kind of been a little bit broken based on what's happened in front of him, but um, I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of my take. A lot of different, um, a lot of different questions and comments. We've been here for about 25 minutes. I, I, I've been ranting. I've been raving. I think I've, I've expressed a lot of things that have been voiced in the live Facebook chat and the live YouTube chat. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com. Appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate the engagement. I appreciate um, you know the downloads and everything that you've shown in the page views and everything that you've shown since you jungle in our podcast given the team's sluggish start 
And uh, I know it's not easy to kind of read and hear about a lot of the same issues and what have you, but um, you know, it is what it is. And uh, hopefully the Bengals find a way to turn things around pretty quickly. You can get our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google play. You can get it on megaphone. You can get it um, on our YouTube channel as well, cincyjungle.com. And you can keep it to that website for all kinds of breaking news, opinions, analysis on cincyjungle.com. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're going to get out of here. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy what's left of your football weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. We will be doing some listener questions both on Facebook Live and on cincyjungle.com. We'll be doing those, I believe, either tomorrow afternoon or Tuesday afternoon before our Wednesday recording episode of our, our weekly episode of the Orange and Black Insider. Also, Keep it to the SB Nation Cincy Jungle podcast channel because we've been adding some new shows and new episodes. Check those out too. Thanks, everybody. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today